So it's good to have this gathering again. Uh, uh, checking in every week. The thing that I am so fortunate we can't do a lot of chanting together. Because just trying to synchronize all the voices is uh, can be quite chaotic. Uh, but uh, this is often chanting is often the way in which we meet <laughs> in, in Dhamma practice. You know, you get the bodies there and you do the logistics, but actually the meeting, the real meeting of the heart occurs when you sit down and chant together. The rest of it's just, you know, doing the getting your keys, your room or whatever, that's just logistics. Uh, and saying hello, but the meeting, the real Dhamma meeting is when you sit in the room, the temple, the hall, and every chance, and then you, hey, suddenly, oh, whoa, where are we? You know, the heart opens, sound, the voices, this beautiful effect of all the different voices, which are very different bodies, you know, high and low, they arise and they begin to meet each other and they merge. Uh, then you get harmony uh, and it's uh, you don't know how you do it you, you don't try and do it you just chant and listen and the voices hit the same tone start moving along the tone is operating in accordance with your breathing and so it's coming so everybody's bodies are operating according to their breath rate rather than their clock time yeah so instead of this artificial time that rules our lives, we have body time. And body time is the time of breathing. And it changes. You can breathe fast, you can breathe slow. Time is fluid. But um, generally with chanting, it's, a, it's, a, not slug, it's not sluggish, but it's a measure of very full, unhurried breath from the base of your belly opening your chest, opening your throat, dropping your shoulders and letting the sound come out. You don't have to push it because when you have five, ten, two, a hundred other people, if you take a breath in, you're not chanting, somebody else's voice will be there. So you can just relax and just chant. Stop when you need to breathe. You don't have to struggle. And so you're held in this sound this which is harmonious which you've created together and it's a it's a lovely way to meet because suddenly the personalities they sort of in the background yeah we all have our personalities but that's not what we're here for uh, we're not pushing them aside but we're establishing a foundation a dumber body rather than the personal personality body yeah. And chanting is a way to move from one to the other. We come in, in our personal lives with our stories, you know, looking after my mother, she's difficult to be with, stressed, busy at work, stressed, <laughs> you know, feeling alone, lost, stressed, <laughs> so much to do, stressed. <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to do anyway? Confused, stressed. <laughs> 
And then, okay, then, well, what you can do, what you can do is chant. <laughs> and how was that? Oh, yeah, that's uh, brings you into the here and now, full, fully embodied. Uh, and it's uh, there's a sense of meeting. There's also just the emotional tone. It's bright. It lifts. It's uh, it's not passionate, but it's not sluggish. It's bright. It lifts. It rises, and um, and it uses your whole body internally. See, so it's not physical, but it's somatic. It means the body's nervous system has to sense how to operate that, and it, as I've said so many times, the body's somatic presence, that's your nervous system and the nature of the heart, run together. So when you subtly activate your body in this way, you're also gently massaging your heart. So your emotional body gets a massage with the chanting. (laughs) Uh, And all those cramped or stale or agitated energies get massaged out. You've got a nice bright emotional body. And this is um, just the kind of, it's a meditation. What do we mean by meditation? Our emphasis on, you know, investigation, understanding, but uh, very important, establish the proper foundation, proper basis. And this is one way in which you do that, proper basis of heart. And as we know, heart, chitta is the most important. That's the one that suffers, that's what stresses, that's what leads us, that's what directs us, and that's what gets liberated. So we're working on that heart and softening it and making it a suitable uh, medium for Dhamma practice. So the emotional form, emotional form, and um, you know, we recognize we're beings who think a lot, and much of our life is about figuring and thinking and planning, but more more constantly is the mental tone the mental tone so when I use the word emotion I'm not just talking about huge waves of love or hate or fear or rage or joy I'm talking about the general feeling of the heart the tone of it you know and and the and the energy of that the energized tone of that um, and so this underlies everything, underpins everything. So even if we're just being very brisk and decisive and businesslike, there is, a, is an emotional tone there, which is generally quite hard, sharp. It's like that. And the, the tone is, is not soft or suffusive, it's hard. It's a hard tone to it. Decisive, getting things done. And there's a certain pressure and push to that. You can recognise that tone. We have tones, which are mental tones, which are a sense of urgency. We've got a feeling that mind is agitated, urgent, got to get things done. Um, stirred, it's agitated. Tonality of that. Um, and of course, then it gets tired. We get tired. And how does that feel? 
And so these tones of pressure or hardness or decisiveness or joyfulness or fatigue, um, they act as the basis for more developed emotions. So the, the kind of very decisive hard tone can make us uh, dismissive and insensitive. So you get people who are domineering type, bossy types. Or when we go into our bossy, pushy attitude, we don't listen, we're hard. Uh, when we get tired, we can get into depression or anxiety, just feeling no energy, feeling lost. You know, so you get these evolved emotions coming out. You know, so if you... <laughs> then, of course, those evolved emotions become myself. You know, so we we experience ourselves primarily in terms of our emotional states. You know, that's something we really take personally. I can witness my thoughts, but I often become my feeling. The feeling becomes me. You know? And so and sometimes the thoughts can be just almost irrelevant, just words, but it's the emotional tone that is really the sense of me, because that's that's the tone of citta. And uh, citta, in its conditioned state, becomes a person. So this sense of heart awareness, when, when it's in, impacted by the sense realm, but even more significantly by the psychologies of the human realm, becomes a person. This feeling of me, that's jitta. Uh, and it's jitta in its conditioned state. So when it's conditioned by work, conditioned by uh, social forces, conditioned by the culture, uh, these act, these shape jitta it becomes a person and then that person that particular emotional shape that feeling gets it you know urgent to get the things done feels concerned about these things gets upset about these things because they're affecting its its social conditioning so if your social conditioning is to be successful progressive efficient polite, so forth, then you get a lot of judgment, self-judgment going on because sometimes you don't you don't come up to as good as you should be, as you think you should be. Your personal form can't quite match the aims and the standards that the social conditioning sets up, right? particularly in association with uh, achievement and that can be a, obviously our ability to produce things to make things work and so forth but even emotion are oh, you a cheerful lovable person and you can get feeling oh dear i've got to be cheerful and lovable that's another pressure on the person <laughs> because we don't always be cheerful <laughs> and so you you know, you, you find there's a sense of, oh, then you start getting critical or depressed because you're not cheerful enough. 
or depressed or upset because you're not effective enough or you feel worried other people don't accept you because you're not quick enough, sharp enough, uh, clear enough, effective enough, uh, whatever it is. So then we start to get into this sense of inability to accept ourselves. A lot of self-criticism goes on because the emotional form that you're experiencing is not able to fulfill the demands that are placed upon it. Because it's an emotional form, but it's still based upon this you know, embodied experience, which is rhythmic. It comes and goes. You feel awake, you feel bright, you, you know, it's, it's, it's organic. It's not machine. You can't say eight o'clock happiness, uh, be happy at eight o'clock, um, you know, and then be calm at nine o'clock and then be businesslike at 10 o'clock. But that's kind of what we ask of it, you know, we ask it to be like that, but it's a, it's a, it's like asking a tree to be something, or because this is an organic form and uh, it's got its own rhythms and energies, and it's not always bright and shiny and happy. And that's the the personal form, personal emotional form, and so therefore there's a lot of judgment about that. It's not good enough. And there's a lot of feeling that you it would like to, like the nature of jitta is to be, to 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 be sympathetic, to resonate, to to meet and to share with others. It's quite a natural inclination. So we also worry, on the personal level, whether we can meet other people, whether we're good enough, whether other people accept us. And this is a big problem for people. Uh, I know this a lot because in certainly monastic communities, we live in communities, there's a lot of uncertainty about being accepted. If there's 25 other people, are you accepted by them? Particularly if you, if you arrive, if you're new to it, you try to do the best you can to be accepted by everybody else. Uh, and then, you know, you don't quite know what it is, but you want to be good at everything. That will get you accepted. If you're good at everything, if you're always punctual, that'll get you accepted. If you always work hard, that'll get you accepted. If you're always cheerful, polite, that'll get you accepted. Uh, so you, you put these demands upon upon the system to, to come up to what you think will make you accepted by others. Uh, but that pressure... You don't feel very happy. You feel strained. And then you start criticising yourself. It starts, goes like that. Start complaining about, you're not this, you're not that. And worrying about yourself. And so this gets very complex. And the emotional body, you know, okay, the body of our emotions are, you know, that, that, that sum total is in, is underlying emotional current, right? 
that we it's flowing and changing all the, all the time. That emotional current gets very pressurized to be even and steady and happy and bright and on you know all the right things. And it's uh, trying to make a, can- a stream into a hose pipe, you know, something. There's pressure, critical. And the more, the more that that pressure to be accepted by others, the more that pressure comes on, the more stressed and nervous and defensive and agitated you become, and the less you feel accepted. Because you still don't feel you're bonded and blending in and harmonious, because you're tight and nervous, so you don't feel harmonious and blended. And you think, well, but that's what you're doing to yourself. And people will do all kinds of things themselves to make themselves think that they will be accepted by others. They will do all kinds of things. You know, people, their fashions, their clothes, their behaviours, their mannerisms. To be accepted by others, to be not accepted, is is the probably the most painful thing. You know, the pain of the heart, the heart pain, almost always comes down to just this one thing: you have, you do not belong, you're rejected, you're not welcome, you're not good enough by others, you're exiled from being part of the group. And we fear that, so we'll do anything to try to be accepted. Maybe it means kind of distorting ourselves. So this gets very complex. And no matter how much you try to be accepted, it doesn't work because you're still putting more pressure on the system so it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel harmonious. And we think that the harmony will come by everybody else accepting me, but it doesn't. Because, you know, you, that's not everybody else's job. People are living their own lives. It's not, they're not all focused on you individually. No. And, the only one who's accept you is you. If you do that, then the pressure ceases and you begin to accept the fact that sometimes you're bright, sometimes you're not so bright, sometimes you're quick and sometimes you're slow, and sometimes you're happy and sometimes you're not happy. And that's just the way it goes. And when you accept that, you become comfortable, peaceful, at ease, and you feel, you know, you feel accepted. It's not a, you know, and it's such a beautiful thing. And also to accept others as they are, to really understand the emotional Chitta states of the person, the conditioned states of the person, are always imperfect. They're not classical perfection. Somebody sent me a video clip 
recently, a couple of minutes, and it was a video clip made of a Japanese restaurant. This restaurant, the people who serve the food all have Alzheimer's disease, you know, this dementia where you keep forgetting things. And the restaurant is called We Forget Your Orders. So everybody understands this restaurant, the people there can't remember things. So you order something and the waitress comes and says, oh, sorry, I've forgotten your order. Have this. <laughs> so they say a lot of the orders are all confused because the waitress and the waiters can't remember because they got this Alzheimer's. But the beautiful thing is that everybody goes in there, knows this, understands this, and they just laugh. And, 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 a lot, and it's a sense of tremendous love and warmth of just accepting each the imperfections. And uh, all the customers say, oh, it's a really lovely experience. We enjoyed it so much, you know. Uh, 99% of people are totally satisfied with it, even though the, the they don't get they don't get the food they ordered, <laughs> but they get to meet another human being in this very vulnerable. The imperfections are manifest, you know, and they don't they don't excuse it, they don't blame it, they they just say I can't help it, and there's a sense of tremendous relief of pressure, the pressure to be perfect, the relief from embarrassment and social ostracism and the willingness of people to actually include others and uh, this is is really the power of of love isn't it? The healing power of love and people enjoyed being able to be loving and accepting of others' imperfections. Uh, and they weren't trained, they were just normal human beings. Yeah. So this but then self acceptance is not really like a matter of excusing or, or um you know apologizing. It's a matter of standing or being or having your heart open to the human condition, open to your emotional currents with a sense of of, uh, welcome and openness to them. And that's not just something that's uh, an idea. Now, when we cultivate meditation, we're cultivating jitta, then you're, you're recognizing this, this uh, quality which is both awareness, it's aware, it knows, it's sensitive, it, it's, it scans, it, it's witnessing, it knows, and it's touched, it feels, it sensitizes, oh. and it responds. Yeah. It does it. You don't have to make it do it, it does it. It has that, that's its nature, it both knows and it's affected, and it responds. So the two aspects, one is just something that witnesses, and the other is something that is affected and responds. And that, that's its nature. That's not a person. That's not a personal thing you have to do. Yeah. 
It's the chitta's nature to do that. Um, and so often when we, you know, if we, we try to make ourselves more loving, more accepting, more anything or the other, always the trying attitude is the work of the person. The person tries to be something that they think they should be or would make them better or would somehow make them improve their quality, make their standard the same, the ideal standard. That's what the person tries to do. And it's the wrong energy because it's not coming from the purity of the citta, it's coming from the confusion of the citta, the social, socialized conditioning of the citta. So we establish uh, the purity of the citta, and so suggesting one of the ways that that's established is through chanting and devotion. Now, because this is both, there's an embodied aspect to it, there's an emotional resonance to it, and it's something that uh, it's not it's not personal. It's, it hasn't got all those personal history in it, and it it changes the emotional current from urgent or agitated or sluggish or despondent. It, it stabilizes the emotional current into a healthy state, a pure state, and then from there you can, that establishes the basis, and you turn that, or that that turns, and it begins to receive all these personal turbulences, and you, often you chant, sometimes you chant, and these personal turbulences come up, and you just keep chanting, 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 and then even let the voice go quiet and stay in that same state, letting the qualities of the citta suffuse the emotional body of the person. And it does it by itself. Yeah. Now the person is often saying, well, how? what can I do about my worry? I feel so I feel so embarrassed because I really find myself I have to look after my elderly mother and though I really you know I really want to still I feel I get tired and I get irritated and I get annoyed at all this work I have to do and I feel ashamed of myself and how can I stop being like this and how can I be something else well uh, yeah you you <laughs> <laughs> chant <laughs> don't deal with the topic deal with the energy don't deal you can't deal with the topic and you can't change the person you just embrace the person his or her stress or agitation with the qualities of the pure citta, yeah, and you just let that that do the work. It's like a massage. It has its own intelligence. This is a very important point to make. 
And it's what faith is about, the fundamental indriya, the crucial, the initiating, supportive faculty of faith. Yeah. Sadha. It's not the same as hope, which is asking for something to happen in the future. It's certainly not the same as belief, which is holding on to an idea. Faith is this quality of opening and willing to be present. Open, willing to be emotionally, heartfully, sensitively present. Yeah. And that is the, that's the crucial one, because without that, then there's no... This is the foundation of the Dhamma. Without that, there's no place or there's no heart... There's no, there's no willingness, there's no openness, there's no place. This is the place where the Dhamma sprouts from. You know, it arises from that. And one of the important things, that we have faith in the Buddha, we have faith in the Dhamma, we have faith in the Sangha. But perhaps even more crucially, have faith in the Chitta. You know, have faith in Chitta. This means that, you know, not the person, personalized forms of the chitta that the chitta gets caught up in, but the, the purity of its awakening intelligence. So you just place that awareness, you resonate that awareness into your body, into your mind, into your thoughts, into your emotions, into your situations. You don't change them, you don't complain about them, uh, and you don't get crushed by them. This is, you know, we're bringing the Dhamma to the person rather than the person's going to practice the Dhamma the person's going to understand the Dhamma. We bring the Dhamma, the faith quality encourages the citta to open up and bring its awareness, its purity to the person and then the person this is the devotional quality we open to that and just let it work let it work there's a quietness to that and, and like a non-doing now they think well does this solve the problems Yes and no. What it recognises, life is always a problem. For the person, it's always, it's always problematic. Yeah. But it does give us a, another basis as a foundation from which to handle and calm and steady and moderate and guide the person. Personal form is always has some problem Essentially, you know, the baseline of it, it breaks down and it, uh, it gets separated from other persons and it, it thinks of the future and it has a past. And any of those places, if you stay with them, the stress arises, right? The person is bound up in the future and the past and other people. And any of those you linger in those, you, you establish those as your, as your foundation, you begin to suffer. 
right? Because if they're good people, you feel sad that they're, if they're unhappy and you feel lost if they leave you. If they're bad people, you feel unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> right? If there's a positive future, then you, you want to get there, so you're, you're unsatisfied where you are. If there's a negative future, you feel dread. I don't want that to happen. So either of these, you're stressed. The past, you had regret over the past. Or you wish that those things that were in the past could be present again. So this is stress too. And that, that's where the person is. Uh, it's a condition form that operates in that way uh, for these social reasons. Now, so when we're practicing, we're not trying to even eliminate the person, but have a, something that we consciously are aware of. The person is not actually an, an identity, it's an emotional series of emotional patterns, emotional patterns and programs. And you bring that pure, welcoming, steady emotional presence to that and hold it carefully, hold it carefully. Hold it carefully. Things shift by things shift. We recognise, oh, you can't get it all done, but that's not a problem. You recognise you make mistakes, but that's no longer a, a source of criticism. You recognise other people have their failings, but you're not angry about it. So, in fact, Suffering diminishes suffering, ending the suffering around the conditioned realm. Mm. So, offer that for your reflection. Do I do recommend that you you do uh, you know start the day or start your practice with a like this yoga of the heart, yoga of the voice, chanting to establish the proper emotional tone that you can refer to and uh, the emotional energy of Dhamma that you can refer to to meet the challenges that you have to meet. Thank you. Let's just stay present for that last couple of minutes. Reflecting on anything that's been useful, anything that's come to mind, either about the teachings or about other people or about yourself. And take this time to look at, to be aware of those in this uh, dhammic perspective. 